Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And joining us to preview the Texans and Jaguars game Sunday is James Johnson, the host of the Believe in the Jaguars podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. James also covers the Jags for USA Today. Great to have you on the show, James. And I got to ask you right out of the gate how the Urban Meyer experience has been so far. Yeah, thanks for having me. And and it's been the craziest experience I've had since covering the Jags, to say the least. I began covering the Jags when they had Doug Marone there. So I haven't had a coach to cover of the magnitude of Urban Meyer, if you will, uh, until this year. And uh, yeah, it, it's been a roller coaster between the Jags frequently being in the news uh, because of Urban Meyer. You know, earlier this year, there was the Chris Doyle situation uh, thankfully, they removed themselves from that. Aside from that, man, it, it's been a pretty fun ride to to cover a person who is well-respected in the North Florida community in terms of what he's done for the football community. And it, it's been fun to cover a college football legend who is finally making that transition into the NFL, which is, a, is the big thing now. You see a lot of those things that he kind of did in college. He's bringing some of those things, at least with him into training camp, which is over with now. And he's brought some of those things along the lines with him. And I mean, for the most part, from what we see, I know some, you know, reports out there saying that some people didn't agree with his college tactics and whatnot. But from for the most part, from what we've seen and we gathered, you know, within Jacksonville media, uh, most people have been receptive of it, especially the team leaders, uh, you know, your Miles Jacks of the world and your Josh Allens of the world. They are the guys that have gravitated towards him. And, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be, you know, a fun ride with Urban Meyer and the new-look Jaguars um, as he's put together a staff uh, that is going to really help develop this young team. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next because, you know, these college coaches come in. You just you never know how they're going to handle being an NFL coach. And some guys just come in, fall flat on their face. W- what is your impression of the staff that – Urban Meyer has put together because that seems to be the key. If you get a good coordinator on each side of the ball and, you know, some some guys that know how to coach people up because in the NFL, so much about it is strategy. You're absolutely right. And I, I, I love the staff that he put together. And I like what I like about what Urban Meyer did. You know, he's been heavily criticized and he'll continue to be heavily criticized. But what I like that he did is that when he came into the NFL, you know, he didn't come into the NFL uh, with the mindset like, hey, I'm going to bring a whole bunch of college guys, this, that, and the other. He came into the NFL with an open mindset. Some of his first hires were, and his most important hires, should I say, were, you know, offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel, who is coming from the Lions. He was their interim head coach for a little bit uh, after Matt Patricia was fired. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that's worked in the past. You look at his resume, he worked with the Seahawks, Coached Russell Wilson as a rookie was his offensive coordinator. Coach Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre as a positions coach back when he was with Green Bay back around the 2007 days and 2005-ish area, somewhere around there, that he was uh, with the Green Bay Packers before coming, you know, eventually a coordinator and doing what he's doing now. So I like that hire because he's worked with Russell Wilson. He's worked with the young Aaron Rodgers. He's worked with these young quarterbacks. And that helps with Trevor Lawrence, of course. So, you know, Urban came in, got an NFL coordinator, didn't bring a guy that he knew from college. That's huge. And, you know, he said that was important to him is, you know, 
getting people that have NFL experience uh, to help him on this journey because he's admitted it. The NFL is a foreign kind of territory for him. So he wanted to bring in, at least in the key roles, some guys that had NFL experience. On the defensive side, the defensive coordinator he brought in was Joe Cullen. People in Jacksonville remember Joe Cullen uh, from the Jack Del Rio era. He was one of their assistants. He was the defensive line coach. Uh, But lastly, he was with the Baltimore Ravens for a few years as their defensive lines coach. And, uh, you know, he's going to bring some of those Baltimore Raven concepts with him. Um, Because as we all know, you know, the Ravens have been pretty consistent in terms of a defense and, uh, you know, like they just kind of like when you associate your, you know, when you, when you think about defense in the NFL, they're one of the pillars and one of the, the organizations you associate defense with. So we feel like that's a good move as well. And Cullen is a great teacher, too, like we've already established, which that's what the Jaguars need because a lot of their players are 25 and younger. Yeah, let's get to the headline guy, though. We got to get to Trevor Lawrence and during the preseason He was 31 for 44, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 106.5 passer rating. What do you think from what you've seen from the first overall pick? So far, so good. He's what you thought the number one overall pick, the best prospect, you know, at least according to the pundits since Andrew Luck, he's what you thought he should look like. You know, there were some struggles, of course, and that's going to happen. You know, everybody that's realistic understands there's going to be some struggles. Uh, But I think the uh, most important takeaway from his training camp and what he did was when there were struggles, he always would overcome it, you know, the next day, have a bad day of practice or whatever the case may be, come back the next day, um, correct everything and just get better from that standpoint. We saw it in the preseason and it's a it's a noticeable trend that he's done all summer um, that we've taken note to. You know, have a rough go uh, week one of the preseason against the uh, the Browns. His first snap in the NFL, for crying out loud, he was sacked and fumbled the ball. Luckily, he scooped it up as he was going down. Sacked and fumbled the ball. Come back. Uh, two plays later, converts the third and long. So, like, there's been this trend that everybody has noticed that just every time he gets in the hole, he's able to get himself out. And it's kind of something, you know, you notice with him in college – Although with Clemson, he wasn't necessarily in a lot of bad situations, but the few bad situations he was in, he was, for the most part, able to get himself out of. And, you know, that's a trend that we haven't seen in Jacksonville from the quarterback position, I don't think, ever. Maybe since, you know, maybe Mark Brunel, but since then, you know, we've never seen that unless, you know, we're watching the opposing quarterback, you know, make a comeback on us like Tom Brady did in 2017 or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Oh, it's it's an interesting thing to watch unfold for Jags fans because we've never seen anything of his magnitude in terms of arm talent. He's made crazy throws we haven't seen quarterbacks make in Jacksonville. Um, I'm, I'm sure you saw the one in Dallas, the Philip Dorsett, where he dropped it right in the bucket. It's stuff like that that people in, in Jacksonville still are trying to get used to uh, because we've never really seen that kind of talent on this roster at least. Yeah, it's got to be as exciting as when the Texans first got Deshaun Watson. It's like having a new toy. I'm sure the whole place is a buzz over there. And and does he have what he needs around him? What are the strengths and weaknesses of this new Lawrence-led offense? I would definitely say the strength is probably the skill guys, your you know running backs and your receivers. Uh, James Robinson, of course, he put up crazy numbers for an undrafted 
rookie last year, and he almost broke Dominic Rhodes' record in terms of the rushing total for an undrafted rookie running back, uh, at least in the modern NFL history. So he almost broke that. I think he was like 50 yards or 60 yards short of that, but had a um, high ankle sprain uh, for the last two games, so he didn't take the field for those two games. But he's a guy that, you know, he's a bona fide running back. And, you know, it was looking like he would have snaps taken away from him because they drafted Travis Etienne, who is, you know, that Trevor Lawrence's teammate from Clemson. Uh, but Travis Etienne is out for the season. And, uh, you know, he he had a Liz Frank injury uh, that required him to have surgery. And, uh, you know, he won't be back until next year. So it looks like James Robinson is going to get the same load that he got last year. And he showed that he was more than capable of handling that, which that does help Trevor Lawrence from that perspective, especially when you look at the offensive line and the questions they have at tackle with the inconsistent play there, that's kind of something that scares Jags fans, you know, so that run game could help out there. And then at receiver, he has, of course, DJ Chark, a former pro bowler in 2019, I've always said DJ Chark is a top five deep threat in football. The analytics from pro football focus, for those who believe in pro football focus, back it up that he's a top five deep threat, at least when he's been 100% healthy. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, that lines up perfectly with what Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson. You know, hitting Amari Rodgers deep for, you know, these explosive plays and, you know, all the receivers he had come through Clemson with them. Uh, Justin Ross and all of those guys. Uh, DJ Chark and him can link up for some very explosive plays if the offensive line um, just allows it in pass protection. So there's him. There's Marvin Jones Jr., who they got in free agency. He's landed at least nine touchdowns in three of the last four years. So he's a touchdown machine that they got from the Lions. He's following Daryl Bevel from the Lions camp. And, you know, it's, it's other guys in there that can help out LaVisca Chenault, who is, you know, really garnering a lot of buzz from the national people in terms of what he's done from the slot. Very, very powerful uh, receiver. You're probably familiar with him, you know, with your ties to Texas and whatnot. He, he was a legend almost basically in Texas in terms of what he did in high school. And uh, he's a guy that they have high hopes for and expectations for as well. Yeah, one of the things when you talk about the Jags is obviously Trevor Lawrence, it's is going to be his first game this week, and you've got an offensive line that it sounds like not, not great around the edges. You know, we've said if, if there's a way to to score for the Texans because their offense isn't good, it's going to be causing turnovers potentially with the weaker offensive line attacking the edges you know, causing turnovers, either interceptions or fumbles from Trevor Lawrence. Is that the formula, do you think, for beating the Jags right now? Yes, I would say the formula for beating the Jags is definitely, you know, um, getting to Trevor Lawrence because we saw it in the preseason, you know, like that's although he was able to make a crazy throw in every one of the three preseason games uh, at the same time, if you can, you know, of course, affect the quarterback for a whole four quarters, it's going to be hard for the Jaguars uh, to put up the necessary points uh, to, you know, basically win the game. Now, look, Urban Meyer and company are well aware of this, though. He spoke about this, I think it was yesterday, uh, that, you know, they're stressing, which they did well with, by the way. They're stressing uh, ball security, taking care of the ball. Trevor Lawrence didn't throw any picks. I don't think he threw any passes that 
it the opposition's hands now that I think about it. So he didn't throw a lot of picks. He didn't make a lot of bad decisions. Uh, but if you could, you know, the pass rush could get there, that can change. We all seen that. I mean, that's um, one of the, you know, more common things or, or one of the, you know, one of the things that's been taught in football since the beginning, basically. So if you get to him, maybe you can get him to make some bad decisions. But again, you know, maybe it's a situation where the Jaguars are relying more so on their run game to kind of get his feet wet and to kind of get him into, you know, just kind of ease him into things, if you will. Uh, because that's, again, going back to Daryl Bell's history, if you look back when they had Russell Wilson, they also had Marshawn Lynch. So, you know, you could be looking at a similar situation there. Uh, but if you can't get to Trevor Lawrence, he's shown that he is more than capable, at least in the preseason. And again, you know, when you're in the preseason, you're dealing with backups and third stringers. So it's a little different now. But he has shown the ability that he can link up with the guys I've named, the Marvin Joneses of the world and the DJ Charts of the world. And um, yeah, but I think you're right. Yeah, that could be the key is is getting to him. Because I don't think the Jaguars, at least they haven't shown this under Irvin Meyer, they aren't a team that gives up the ball to the opposition a lot, uh, at least that we've seen so far. Before I get to the defensive end of the ball, we've had a complete changing of the guard here in Houston with the new GM head coach in the last year, just like Jacksonville. We also have a new quarterback, but the fan base, their confidence in where this is going is really, really bad in Houston. Where's the confidence in Jacksonville's fan base with how things are going with them? Where's your confidence in the Jags' new direction? I would definitely say the fan base is more confident than me. And I, I won't say I'm I'm not confident. I'm just, as a journalist that's watched the Jaguars for many, many years, I'm cautiously optimistic on my end. But the fan base is more so optimistic in terms of what Urban Meyer offers. And, you know, again, like this, these are a lot of Florida Gators fans and they've seen the success that he had with the Florida Gators. So, you know, of course, like their confidence level will be a little bit different than others. Um, Now me, in terms of my confidence, I say cautiously optimistic uh, because I do think that Urban Meyer has the potential to turn things around because literally everywhere he's been a head coach, albeit on the college level, He's been able to turn every program into a winning program. So he's been able to turn them all around, dating back to Bowling Green and Utah. You know, that that's before the days of going to UF and the days before going to Ohio State. Those were programs that didn't nearly have the same amount of talent. And then, you know, of course, we all know the story about Alex Smith and what he turned Alex Smith into. So he does have skills in terms of an, an ability in terms of the ability to turn programs around. And uh, that's that gives a lot of people a glimmer of hope. Uh, but we'll ultimately see, you know, I'm not the highest in terms of on Trent Baalke as a GM, but Urban Meyer is running the show. It's a coach-centric type of model that they're using, kind of like the Patriots. So, uh, you know, maybe that'll help offset, like, any mistakes or key mistakes that Baalke can make. Then again, Baalke as a GM, you know, a lot of people are down on him and don't necessarily like his body of work. But look, Trent Baalke did help the San Francisco 49ers go to, what was it, three or uh, four playoff bursts in, in four consecutive years back when uh, he had his guys there. So, you know, he's a guy that has a track record with success. Uh, it's just his drafting style that kind of concerns me and his 
ability to hit on draft picks that concerns me. We don't know who the Texans can build on defensively. There's not a lot of talent in Houston. Who can Jacksonville build on defensively? One guy, and Urban Meyer has mentioned him many times. They named him a captain yesterday, as a matter of fact, Miles Jack. And, I mean, Miles Jack, I've always said this, Miles Jack is probably the most versatile player I ever evaluated as a college prospect. Uh, when he went to UCLA, I mean, we're talking about a guy that he went to UCLA playing running back and was very good at it, by the way, then transitioned to linebacker. But I think he was playing linebacker at the same time while playing running back. But it, eventually he became a full-time linebacker. But, I mean, the guy did everything at UCLA. He even lined up at cornerback, like, for one game or something against N- uh, Nelson Aguilar, which, like, a, pe- a lot of people forget that, but there was a little – I guess about 15 players or so where he played cornerback out there on him, which is just crazy to say the least. So Miles Jack is a guy that Urban Meyer, that came into the equation understanding who he was already, but he exceeded their expectations, quote unquote, as Urban Meyer said. He's a guy they can build around. Devon Hamilton is another one. And Devon Hamilton is one of their interior linemen who uh, the Jazz just drafted last year. And he actually played for Urban Meyer uh, at Ohio State, now that I think of it. But he's a guy that just – the progress he's made from last year when he was a rookie to this year is tremendous. And he already looked pretty solid last year. And I think he was a guy that went under the radar. The Jazz were able to get him in the third round. But he was a guy that went under the radar because he didn't necessarily start in a lot of games at Ohio State, but he was a key part of their – interior line rotation so he's a guy that's really flourishing in this 3-4 scheme he always eats space always requiring double teams always helping his teammates get free around him especially when it comes to what he's done in the run game and you know he's a young guy that I think has a lot of potential and once he gets and you know this is what Urban Meyer said once he uh, you know develops more foot speed which he already has he's kind of deceptively quick for a guy his size, but once he develops that fully, uh, he's going to be a problem for the NFL, and it's already starting to show. Now, I'm going to ask you to help out the Texans a little bit, but what areas should the Texans' offense attack from a defensive standpoint on Jacksonville? Yeah, I've actually looked at this in depth myself, and just based off of the Texans' makeup and just kind of what you hear David Culley saying, I could be wrong you more so could probably speak on this, but it looks like and it sounds like the Texans are veering towards being a run heavy team or a team that runs the ball more than they did last year in terms of running back position. And you look at the makeup of that team, they have like six, seven running backs. That's telling. That's telling. And for me, I think if that is the plan for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're probably playing to their strength. They don't have this isn't an elite team by any means. When we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. But one thing we did see with their defense, especially, is that they put enough into the defense to the point where they focused on it. And they did this intentionally because they know how their division is made, where they want to at least be good against the run. And they bolstered that defensive line to the point where I think they were uh, the best defensive line against run efficiency in terms of the preseason. So they did not allow a lot of yards running. They're they're just sturdy in the interior. Again, Devon Hamilton, 320 pounds. They got Malcolm Brown there. You might be well aware of him. He went to the University of Texas. 
325 pounds. You know, they have these heavy guys that eat a lot of space there where people just might not have a lot of success against them in terms of running the ball. So I would definitely say more so uh, where their weakness is, is probably attacking them through their secondary. Um, Aside from C.J. Henderson, the rest of the guys, for the most part, kind of struggled in terms of their secondary, in terms of they were just a a step too short or whatever the case may be, a step too slow in terms of, um, especially against the Saints, when, you know, the Saints uh, utilize the passing game. That's probably where you could beat them because, of course, they're still developing a pass rusher. They don't have a go-to guy there. There's guys, of course, like Josh Allen, who, you know, his rookie season, he was phenomenal, but, you know, we're still trying to figure out exactly how good he'll be. Kalen Chason is still developing as a pass rusher. Another guy you might know because he played high school football in Texas. So those guys aren't quite there yet, and I think that's where teams will probably expose uh, this this team, especially with the, how this defensive scheme is as well. Like you see, like the Ravens, for example, this is the model they're using. The Ravens struggle against the Patrick Mahomes of the world and, uh, you know, your Tom Brady's of the world. But every other quarterback, uh, they are able to handle for the most part. Million-dollar question. What do you think is going to happen? Because we know at this point, I believe last, it was a three-point favorite for Jacksonville. Do you think that's a, a fair evaluation of this game, that the Jags should be favored by three? And I, I just feel like if Trevor Lawrence is going to get it going – uh, without Bradley Roby, who's now gone, the only really good cornerback that the Texans had, this this is a way to start getting it going because the Texans secondary is not good. Yeah, it's not going to be many games where myself or Vegas favors the Jazz, but I agree with them on this one <laughs> in terms of uh, being three points, uh, three point favorites. Uh, because as you said, like the Texans just are going through a lot right now, you know, and. The, there's the situation with the kicker, even though I know they brought in, uh, I think it was Joey Sly, they brought in Joey Sly. Uh, but I've seen enough kicker situations to say, and I I would know this being a Jacksonville Jaguars uh, reporter, I've seen enough kicking situations to where when you're bringing in a second kicker uh, for the game, that's enough to make you nervous. You know, and it's all it takes is one missed field goal. Uh, especially in how close the games are played in the NFL uh, to to basically lose you the game. So that situation is is kind of concerning. Then the situation with uh, the interior lineman, or, or excuse me, actually it was the right tackle, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, Charlie Heck, if I'm not mistaken. So Titus yeah. Howard, if I'm not mistaken, is going to have to move to his spot. That causes problems in the interior probably, uh, which you know we've already established. The Jaguars' defense isn't elite by any means, but probably don't want interior line issues against their front if especially if you want to run the ball so that might not help the Texans either and from that standpoint yeah about three point favorites is what I'm seeing I think the score that I predicted was along the lines of like 21 17 was my personal prediction if I'm not mistaken or it might have been 21 23 but something along those lines is definitely what feels uh right to me at least yeah, one of the things we pointed out was I think it was like a 44-and-a-half was the over-under, which came out to six touchdowns and a field goal to get the over. And I don't know about you. I, I don't see any way these two teams can combine for six touchdowns and a field goal. <laughs> yeah, six touchdowns is a bit much. <laughs> uh, but, again, you know, like 
maybe Jacksonville more so could get the three touchdowns if any either of these teams could do it. Yeah. Again, you know, James Robinson does, you know, help them from that standpoint. And, you know, we don't know how much better the Texas defensive line is against the rush. Although, you know, Lovey Smith is a respectable guy, by the way. You know, he, he's a guy that Urban Meyer gave a lot of respect to as well. Uh, so, you know, with the I think like with James Robinson and how effective he was last year, he has the capability to more so get the Jacks to three touchdowns if, you know, they're the team that can get the three touchdowns. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. Like, that feels a little bit shaky in terms of like six total touchdowns in this game. Uh, we're looking at, you know, right now at least, we're looking at uh, two of the bottom five teams in the NFL right now. So, yeah, that, that feels like it might be a little bit of a stretch. Nobody is excited about this outside of Houston and Jacksonville, if, if they're even excited in Houston. But uh, before I let you go, let me uh, get how people can get in touch with you via social media and, of course, how, how they can listen to the podcast. Of course. And thanks for having me. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at SportsGrind underscore Don, where you can follow me on Twitter at the Jaguars Wires, where you can follow uh, the Jaguars Wires Twitter handle. Uh, com is where you can basically go to the site and in terms of the Believe in Jags podcast we are on pretty much every platform shout outs to my co-host Phil Smith um, he, he he puts in a lot of work on the podcast as well but you can follow us at Believe in Jags pod on Twitter and pretty much all our information and links are pinned to the top of our account and pretty much in the bio as well in terms of all of the platforms that you can follow us on. Great stuff. Thanks so much for doing this. And I just want to remind our listeners before we close the show out that my co-host Stephen Kerr and I will bring our usual Texans postgame show on Sunday night. So keep an eye out for that in your podcast feed. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.